Welcome back to the Borscht Belt Tatler podcast, where we dive into the rich history of the Borscht Belt era, a time and place that was located in New York's Catskills. I'm your host, Jen Stewart. Today, get ready for Borscht Belt royalty. Is it the Borscht Belt or is it the mountains? If there's anything we can agree on, my guest today is a Sullivan County superstar. Patty Graco Sunshine is here, and she was born and raised in Sullivan County, New York, the heart and soul of the Catskill Mountains, where many stars were born. She started singing at the impressionable age of eight, sitting in with some of the best musicians in the business, including Joe Cuba, Erskine Hawkins, and many other great musicians over the years. When they said, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere, they had to be talking about the Catskills because these were some of the toughest audiences around. This is part two of my live on location from Borscht Belfast. And this episode was recorded the day before the festival at Patty's store, the funky hippie chic boutique in Monticello, New York. Hello, uh, I'm with a very special guest. Please introduce yourself. Hello, Patty Greco Sunshine, uh, born in uh, 1960 here in the Catskill Mountains. All right, and so let's start at the very beginning. How did you and your family get here? Okay, both my parents are from Brooklyn. Okay, they met at a dude ranch. Um, obviously, my my father thought my mom was hot uh, and and easy, and he fa- <laughs> <laughs> and he found out anything but. So in order to fool around with her, you had to marry her. So that's kind of what happened. They, they were a love affair. They had a wonderful love, love affair and um, got married. Um, he was an entertainer. Um, comed- Johnny Greco. My father was Johnny Greco. My mother uh, was up here with her parents for the summers because my grandfather bought this property that we're sitting on right now for his father in the late 20s. So um, this was uh, Sam Channon bungalows where you're sitting right here. And... Um, my, so they came up for the summers. My grandfather was a cabbie, and um, he would come up, up here for the summers and do what everybody did, rent out their rooms. So he rented out the rooms, built three bungalows after that, um, opened a candy store on the corner, because every corner had a candy store in Brooklyn. Um, and that's, so my, they were up here, and that's how my parents met at the Dude Ranch, because my mother was here every summer. Um, and... Uh, and that's it. She didn't know she was marrying an entertainer at that time, but but he was a bass player, upright bass player, um, comedian, and singer. Yeah. So they started out as boarders, which was yes. traditionally the traditional route for many of the hotel owners. Right. Exactly. And uh, boarders in their own property, though, which was great. Um, and um, what else can I tell you about my my grandfather and my grandmother? They were they were they were, uh, you know, great hosts. Um, if it was Airbnb at the time, they would have had five stars. <laughs> you know, the cooking, the cleaning, um, the property, um, you know, and, and that was, that, this whole road, actually, this whole road was littered with um, colonies. Amazing. Yeah, I was just at the Sullivan County uh, Museum in uh, Hurleyville, yes. and it was really, like, just pages of pages and pages and pages of it, which was such... A beautiful thing to see and just to be able to share that 
you know. Um, what I'd like to know is, so what was it like to grow up here? I was blessed to grow up here because uh, in the summers, you had a lot of friends. In the winter. And where's, and where's here? Here is Monticello, New York. I am smack dab in the middle between the Raleigh Hotel, the uh, Concord Hotel, and then down the road is the Pines. So basically, you know, I would say the closest were the Raleigh and the Concord, and then all the bungalow colonies. So, so this was a, um, you know, Fallsburg, Monticello uh, were basically the big, the big places, and Liberty, you know, because um, Grossinger's was in Liberty. Um, so that's where we are. We're right smack dab in the middle between the Raleigh and the Concord. Did you grow up Jewish? Were you, like, traditionally Jewish? Um, I was blessed to have had an Italian Protestant father, and um, my mother was Russian-Polish background, um, so we had every tradition. We were very, um, we, were, we were, had a Christmas tree, we had the Hanukkah lights, we had Peaster, we called it Peaster, uh, you know. I like that, I like that. Yeah. I'm going to steal that. Yeah, there was no, I mean, Easter eggs are on my table now uh, on the Seder plate. Um, so we weren't religious, but we were traditional. My mother was big on tradition, yeah. What are some of the unique cultural aspects or traditions that you observed while you were, uh, so not only did you live here, but we'll talk a little bit about performing there too, but what were some of the unique cultural aspects of the mountains? Because we, we, we were having a little debate about whether it's called the Catskills. Oh, I like, you know, it's interesting because when, when grandpa would drive up here and it would take eight hours. It wasn't, you know, the roads were eight hours, and they, they're going to the mountains. You're going to the mountains. If you talk to anybody, they're going to the mountains. And um, it, then they, the Catskill Mountains, but it was still shortened as the mountains. So is Borscht Belt like a Shonda? <laughs> Borscht Belt, sort of. I think Borscht Belt just came recently. I don't, really? I don't think that Borscht, I don't know. Maybe people secretly called it that, but it never was really out there, as I know, as the Borscht Belt. I... You know, it was something that, yes, it's, it, it is the Borscht Belt, but, you know, it, it, I don't think that was the, the thing. I mean, when it came to the dining room and the foods and, it, you know, the, the, all the hotels, most of them kept kosher until yeah. the Villa Roma came along. And, um, but basically, um, they kept kosher. But that was out of respect, I think, for their guests. It wasn't, I don't think it was that they didn't all want shrimp cocktail. Because they probably all would have had shrimp cocktail. No, of course. Yeah, of course. And, 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 of course, shrimp and lobster sauce, you know. So um, let's just talk about the cuisine in the mountains compared to other regions that you visited. So any memorable dishes you can think of? Like, did you visit, were you able to visit any of the hotels or sneak into any of the hotels? I actually worked at the Concord Hotel as social staff and um, like social staff in the 77 and 78 and 79. And I was, that's where I really um, got to sit in with the best musicians in the world and started my career. But, but I was, I sat in with everybody. I mean, literally everybody. And I, so being on the social staff, yeah, I was in the dining room. I experienced. Were you the first time. female Tumblr in the Catskills? Um, you know what? I don't know that I, they called me a Tumblr, okay. but, but, but I did Ballyhoo. And Ballyhoo, if you don't know what the, you know what Ballyhooer is? No. <laughs> okay, so the Ballyhoo, Ballyhooer sounds, the Ballyhooer is the person that stands outside the dining room when everybody's coming out of the dining room and says, bingo at 8 p.m. Bingo, showtime tonight is so-and-so, boop, 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 boop. And that's what I would, so I was like the Ballyhooer who would, 
tell yeah tell people what's going on and where to go and 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 uh, ask them how their meal was and basically that was it push whatever activity so and then of course because I was a singer I always had a sing-along. I thought it was a very good idea to have sing-alongs. And I had a wonderful, uh, Eddie Kahn was the piano player at the time. Eddie Kahn was the fabulous piano player. And Eddie would play and I would sing and we'd have everybody doing sing-alongs. And so, so I always got that in there, even though I had to wear jeans and a t-shirt. Um, I always looked forward to, because that was never my style. I always looked forward to when we had the lang- international themes. We would do a lot of, Concord always do, international themes and I get to wear a costume which is kind of the way I dress now so people think I'm in a costume but I'm not (laughs) it's it's, it's a style it's your brand yeah long skirts puffy sleeves but that you know you have a business called the funky hippie (laughs) chic boutique so so it it would look very strange if you were here in a top hat and tails yeah or a t-shirt or a t-shirt yeah don't even have them yeah um so the Borscht Belt was known for its rich entertainment scene, and you yourself are a very talented singer. I've seen you perform. Um, you're like everywhere, <laughs> at least in every Catskills group, I've seen you. Um, so talk to me a little bit about w- some of the shows, and you talked about sitting in with some of these amazing musicians. Can you share some of them with me? Yes. So... Um, I was I was blessed to have first of all when I was ten, I started when I was ten on the Mal I I, I my mother entered me into the Malsey Madness um, talent contest when I was ten, so that was the first time I actually stepped on stage, and and sang Guando Canto Sol Love Me Love Your Heart, which I will do tomorrow at the, at the festival. I never do a show without it, um, and that was taught to me by Joanne Florio. And some people who are Borscht Belt people would know about Joanne Florio being. So have you ever heard that name? I, it's it's familiar, but yeah. I, but tell me who she is. So Joanne Florio was my mentor. I was her protege, and she was like a cross between, um, I don't know, Belle Barth because she was a little bit blue, and. Um, Sophie Tucker and Mae West, all in one person with this big, crazy big voice that was, she was Italian, but she spoke Yiddish. Um, And so so many of the non-Jewish performers sang in Yiddish. That's the thing that people... Her thing. I mean, she was known for not only her voice, her big personality and her her huge voice, but when she would sing a song called the Yiddish Shalid, which I've yet to be able to find anybody else who knows the song. I don't know if she made it up. It could have been because she always made up stuff. Um, but that was her song, and nobody sang a cantorial song like this Italian girl. Um, and she taught me every. I mean, and we. She would take me from the time I was eight. She would take me into Manhattan for four weeks every every summer, and she would uh, vocal, vo- train me, train me in everything from my nails to my, t- to holding a note, to knowing how to h- handle a drink, to knowing how to handle a compliment. I mean, every- she basically was grooming me yeah. the way she believed I should be. Um, and um, for me, it was a blessing to have had her. So when I was 10 and I sang that song that she actually taught me, um, Guando um, Soul, that was the song that, that became my, it was her signature song in her show and it became my signature show, song in my show. Um, but yes, so, so after I started with her and I started, you know, uh, I wasn't, I was 17 when I started the Concord and I got to meet like all the great musicians like uh, uh, Erskine Hawkins and I used to sit in with Erskine Hawkins and all the musicians from his band and then Artie Norvez Trio and all of them took me under their wing. 
and I would get to sit in with him anytime I wanted. And what was great is Philly Greenwald, who who booked the entertainment at the Concord, really liked me and would say, put her on. They'd be in the middle of the song. Patty's going to sing now if I walked in the room. It was always like wonderful. What was, what was Phil Greenwald like? He was, well, to me, he was so kind and so encouraging. And if it wasn't for him really saying, push me, if go. And, 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 and I, I would have to do it. And it was great. What's great about performing in the Catskills is, number one, you had the musicians behind you who were solid. They were fabulous. They were the best. And all you had to do was lay on top. Uh, and respect and respect that. And that's something I think that's lost right now with the way musicians respect each other when they're playing together. Um, there's, a, there's a protocol. There's a, there's a time when you get to sing and there's a time when they get to play. And it's an equal, it's, it's a marriage that you can't do it all and they can't do it all. And, and, and you wind up learning etiquette. Um, you know, the first thing you learn when you walk up to a band in the Catskills is you don't say, I want to sing the way we were. You say, I want to sing the way we were in the key of G and here's the tempo. Two, three, and you count it off. Because now you go up there as a pro. You didn't go up there as an amateur. You didn't go up to a, a band in the Catskills and say, I want to sing a song. I don't really know what. You know, oh, I don't know where I sing it. You'd be thrown off the stage. There's no time for that. And they would just do that. There was no time. So I learned really, that don't, even, don't come up here if you're not prepared. Do not come up. And if you don't think you know it, you better know it by the time you hit that mic. Yeah. And that's what was so cool. And one of my best experiences, my, my, my most exciting experiences was, was when I was at the Concord and they asked me to come up on stage and, and do a, a sit-in, which I wasn't paid for. I was social staff. Yeah. Um, and I was so nervous, but the band was, Patty, you got this, you got this, you got this. I did the I Will Survive in the way we were. And my, my body was, was numb, like I was numb because they were filming it for, a new, for um, Good Morning New York. And... Um, I, I, I literally was numb. My hands would not leave my sides. And what's so cool about that, I knew I, hear, I could hear my aunt, Joanne Flory, I could hear her saying, don't, don't let him see you. Don't let him see you sweat. Don't let him see you look insecure. And I knew that if my arms were by my side, I would look insecure. So my arms were like, I couldn't even move them. And I just took them and just, and that, so my arms being outstretched, became my signature move because it was like a confidence. You ever see somebody and their arms are outstretched? You look at Michael Jackson, he's boom. You know, yeah. you look at a, that's what shows. I just read a book where uh, they do the superhero pose whenever they get out of bed because it's body language and it makes you feel empowered. Right, exactly. So like, even though I was numb and, and my arm didn't want to leave its side, I said, my knee, luckily I was wearing wide leg pants because my knees were literally shaking and knocking. But I looked like I knew what I was doing. And all you got to do is look like you know what you're doing and they will believe you do. And it's the art of bullshit. And that's what I believe I knew. I think I need some, I think you need to be my mentor. But, isn't, but it's true. The art of bullshit. It's like everything I've ever done in my career has been that I was not really ready. I had no idea what I was going to do. And they threw me in and it's a wing it. I call myself the wing it chick. I can wing it. I am much better at winging it than planning it. You know, there are some people who like they have to have everything in. Like, I don't know what I'm going to sing tomorrow. I have an idea. But I won't know till I look at the people. And when I see who they are, then I know what I'm going to sing for them. Yeah. I, can't, I can't possibly know what I'm going to do. And this is the stuff that you learn when you're, 
when you when you grew up in the Catskills and you had to know every song that was ever written. You had to know how to do it. You had to know what style to do it in. You how hard is a board, is a mountain audience? The hardest in the world. You will never, ever. And the reason is, last night they saw Tony Bennett, and tonight they're seeing you. And you best bring it. And that's it. They sit with their hands crossed. And then you got to make them sit up. And that's what you want to do. You want to make them sit up. I don't want, it, um, when I was being introduced, I used to say to the, the MC, do not give me I don't want to hear where I've been or what I did and big accolades. No, no, no. Ladies and gentlemen, the dynamic Patty Greco, that's it. Because let them sit up and see what I, what I am. Let me show you what I am. It doesn't matter what I did yesterday. It only matters what I'm doing right now for you today. And your work certainly does speak for itself. I mean, look at what you've built here, and you have a beautiful store, and like, so, and you perform. Um, I just wanted to ask you quickly: How has things changed over the last few years? Like, can we talk a little bit about that and how how it's been? Um, well, just like so, everybody talks about the decline, and I always disagree with that because it's like they've. The Catskills, it's the Catskills have always been here, right? Like they didn't go away. People left them. Right. And it was, and it was, it, well, you know, people left because there was air travel. Yeah. And population like waned over the years. So sorry that like, that sounds really, it's like you left. This is, this is all your fault. Like it's not, I mean, it, it's the three A's. That's what, or that's what they say. Well, I think that, um, yeah, yeah, I think that what happened here in the Catskills was basically that, that people took a cruise. I worked on cruises for many years. So when you get on a cruise, it's like the it's like a Catskills. It's like the Catskill Mountains on the water. It really is. You got a cruise director, and that's the same thing as a social director. And you you know you you do that, and 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 you got all the activities. You got entertainment. You got all the food you ever want to eat. It's it's the Catskills on the water. It's the same thing. And and what they that's the reason why we lost our audience is that because people were going elsewhere. But I will tell you that the Catskills did not end in the 70s. No, no, no. Thank no. you, Patty. They did not because I started my career. It, I started it in 78. And then I took my last show was in 1997 at the Concord Hotel with a full house and a full 10-piece orchestra. So you know, when you talk to Arnold Graham, he's not going to tell you that it ended in the 70s. Heck, he's going to tell we've you. Spo we've spoken to Arnold yeah. and Howie. Yes, and they will tell you that it was well, every, everyone was still here. It was still happening. I'm so thankful because I would have missed it. I would have missed the whole thing. Now, granted, maybe 10 years earlier, you, it, was, it was busier, but I, I don't remember it not being. I still remember trying to sneak into the Raleigh Hotel for Mambo Night and having the line, you know, having to jump a fence. And there were people. Our streets were packed. It took 20 minutes to get it through, through Monticello. Yeah. You know, yeah. so how do you say that? You know, it didn't happen. And, and, and another thing that really, um, it really is, is something that I, I, I have a problem with, um, I always have pictures in here of, of the, the hotels and the Catskills, yeah. the way I remember them. Yeah. And I remember the Concord most because it's right here. I used to, to put my ski boots on at the house and walk down. And my first job was putting away boots and skis at the Concord Hotel. So I always had my jobs at the Concord. And I think that, um, you know, when you think about the the Concord Hotel and, and how it, how 
for me, how it influenced me, um, that was my, my baby. I mean, the Pines was also big for me because my father worked at the Pines. But the Concord was right here, and it was, you know, you had all the people w- around here that would go to, they'd stay at the bungalow colonies, but they would go to the Concord and the Raleigh on the weekends. Yeah. So even though they, c- they couldn't afford to maybe stay at the hotel, so they'd get a bungalow. Yeah. It was bungalow bunnies. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the bungalow the bunnies. Bungalow bunnies the bungalow bunnies on a Wednesday. Bunnies. Yeah, the husbands would be gone all week, and the bungalow bunnies were here Hello, in boys. the week. That's right. <laughs> Hello, Wednesday. Oh, I have to tell you a really cute story yeah, no, no, about, about Breezy Corners. And I'm saying that Breezy Corners is where the, Concord, where the casino is right now. Okay. So the casino is actually where Breezy Corners was. It's not where the Concord was. It's where Breezy Corners bungalow was, which is a very large bungalow colony, which had a really nice nightclub, by the way. A really nice nightclub, um, but anyway. So my mother used to tell me there was a story where there was a there was a building that was called um, the main building was like a kuchelain, and the kuchelain was where you shared kitchens. Are you familiar with that? I am the kuchelain. Yeah, because that's yeah. what it means. Yeah, that's what it means in Yiddish. It oh, is that right? To kuchelain is to cook a lot. Like cause it, it, yeah. that's so interesting. So what you you rented a room. But didn't have a kitchen, and they had the top floor had all that like a, a stove, a refrigerator, and a little counter, a little cabinets, yeah. and they were like lined up like that. And you had your little spot where you get to cook. Well, on on Friday night when the husbands would come up, you would see. Let's just call her Mrs. Schwartz. So Mrs. Schwartz, you would see from from the uh, the road, you would see the back of the refrigerators. You could see the back of the refrigerators. So you would see Mrs. Schwartz's hand go behind the refrigerator to grab the diaphragm <laughs> before her husband came because you see him coming down the road to pull up that to, to grab that diaphragm because her husband was coming up the road that's an amazing amazing story <laughs> i mean I, I love this stuff and then of course just the the joy of being part of the li- the liveliness of it like in the morning you know it was like mrs schwartz you know uh, y- your son is in the pool and he's just and you know you uh, you you you'd hear this like all over this neighborhood you'd hear you know uh yeah. the blouse like you know the movie the schmata man. Man. man so it was sigh the shoe guy yeah or, or was um, it stan the shoe man oh everybody we it was and even just ice cream you know you'd hear the truck it was a lively time. We used to walk up and down this road. It didn't matter. It was night. Nobody was scared. There were always people walking. Um, Do you think there can be another Borschbelt Hotel or mountain resort in our time that, that could fulfill the values and traditions of the ones of yesteryear? Well, I think that the Villa Roma did. The Villa Roma is the last man standing. Yeah. And I still work at the Villa Roma at least you know, maybe once or twice a month. And and the Villa Roma is the only, I always say when I get there, is that they're the only people that will have a show every night. Might not be, you might not be working to a full house, but you know what? They have a show. And you show up. And you show up. And that's the respect. And you have people who are sitting there listening for the most part. I say for the most part. And that's because people have, are, their attention spans are, are shot to poop. Right. And, um, you know, I, I would uh, like I have a microphone with a very long cord so I can get out there and tap them on the shoulder and say, what's on your phone? What are you looking at? What's what's so interesting over there? You know what I mean? What, what, do, you, what do you got? You know, because because, Good. you know, I tell them, listen, I'm coming out there. So if you're going to be doing something besides listening to me, I'm going to come out and find out what you're doing. Yep. But that's that's not their fault. No, their, their attention span has been trained to be nobody really listens anymore. 
you know? So you kind of, um, people say to me, why don't you do more ballads? I said, oh man, I could sit on a stool and do ballads all night, but there wouldn't be anybody in the room because they'd be, they'd be out. Well, you've been an absolute joy. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. And that brings us to the end of part two of the Borscht Belt Tatler podcast live on location. Please check out Patty at her website at pattygracosunshine.com. And the funky hippie chic boutique can be found at ethniqueboutique.net. Shop her collection for one of a kind fashions. And I'll be sure to put both of these links in the episode description. Before we sign off, how am I doing? Are you enjoying the podcast? Because we'd really like to hear your thoughts. If you have a moment, take some time to leave me a review on your favorite podcast platform and let me know what resonates with you. Your feedback fuels my passion and helps me bring you more of the content you love. Spread the love and share your review today. Thank you again for tuning in to the Borschville Tatler podcast. We're actually going to be back on Wednesday with a very surprise bonus episode that is less than kosher. And yes, that was a clue. Make sure you're subscribing to the Borscht Belt Tatler podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Follow along on Instagram at Borscht Belt Pod. Or if you want to get to know me, your host, Jen Stewart, a little bit better, I'm Urban Yenta on the gram. Hope you have a great week. Bye.